Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. In having that dream and living in Italy, I felt that constraint of like, okay, I'm here because I need to be here. Like I, I built up my life around the fact that I need to be in Rome and go to the office and, you know, the, my location is determined by these other things, but I would love to give a shot to my my desire to be in California and to see to so many other places. And a week or two of vacations every year didn't feel like enough, I would say, to satiate that thing or to, to feel that I would was actually experiencing what was life. That was my guest today referring to his dream to move to California and sometimes, maybe oftentimes, living out your travel dreams involves breaking those perceived limitations. Maybe those imposed on yourself or imposed on you by your culture or your friends or your family. Sometimes to pursue your travel dreams, you have to do that. You have to break through and my guest today did follow his dreams to California and beyond and you'll hear how, how he overcame some of those obstacles and those fears. And this is a wonderful reminder that the world really truly can't open up to you in certain ways, ways that will change your life forever until you actually embark on the journey. And with my guest, that's very clear. He only had permission to stay in his dream destination for three months, yet he created a life for himself there. How did he do it? How did it happen? You'll hear all of that today and so much more. We also touch on working remotely in the digital realm, which he's doing, but we don't often talk about creating physical products. I know at some point, a lot of people, maybe you are one of them, have some type of cool idea for an invention or creating some type of physical product that you want to get out into the world. And he has done that around a passion project of his skateboarding. So I wanted to get his advice on how you can do that as well. How can you create a physical prototype for your own idea if you have one now or if you have one in the future? This is something we haven't talked about much on the podcast. I thought that was a very interesting topic to cover and how he can manage that and still set himself up to travel and to be working remotely. And we also discussed what it's like to grow up in Italy, some of the cultural differences between there and the USA. And just loads more. It's a wonderful interview with plenty of takeaways. You're going to love it. Plus, speaking of your travel dreams, most often it starts with one simple action and a listener shares what that is. I got a voicemail just the other day and you'll hear how this one simple action changed his life forever and led to him meeting the love of his life. All of that and much more going on today. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and... 
Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. It is true, I am hopped up. I'm hopped up on gingerbread cookies right now. I can't help it. It's that time of year I need something sweet with my coffee. How are you doing? How are you today? What is happening in your neck of the woods? Hope all's well. You know, I always ask listeners to touch base, to check in, and I'm going to ask you again. This is a community-powered show. You can always get in touch. Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email, and you can leave me a voicemail. I have a link below in all of these show notes. You just click that link. You don't have to put an email in or anything. You just click the button, leave a 90-second or less voicemail. And I want to share one I got recently in just a moment from somebody who did that one simple thing you need to do to just create a life of travel or maybe live your next travel dream. And this reminds me of how powerful travel can be, how it can lead to so many other things in life. And this really ties in with uh, some of the themes discussed in the interview portion of today's show. Now, let me share this voicemail from a fellow member of this listening community. Here is Jesse talking about the one thing he did that changed his life forever and allowed him to live his travel dreams. Hey there, Jason. Uh, My name is Jesse. I just wanted to uh, shoot you a message saying on how grateful I am for your quality and quantity of podcasts, all the different perspectives you've you've had on your podcast and such. but uh, most memorable moments would have to be buying that plane ticket um, for me because nothing, none of this, my life wouldn't be the way it is. And I wouldn't have been able to see all the places I've seen in the world without buying that plane ticket. So for me, it's buying that plane ticket. But uh, without your podcast, man, uh, I don't think I would have met my spouse in Australia. So I'm, you know, I'm moving to Australia here. Um, I got to, plane ticket booked to the UK for December 13th. Um, I'm starting to take my hobbies around with me while I travel um, and such. So I'm just headed to the UK for a trip there till I get back to Australia uh, with my uh, with my spouse. So I just wanted to say how grateful I am to you. Once again, that was Jesse and thank you, man. I'm so grateful to you and to you listening to this show and everybody in this community, obviously, Without you all, there is no show. This is a community-powered show. Never forget that, and that's why I love to highlight the stories here. So please, please get in touch. Just a quick reminder there. And Jesse mentioned buying the plane ticket. That was the thing. That was the simple thing. Just buying the plane ticket. So simple, yet sometimes so difficult because it is the real, true commitment. And I can think of countless times where just buying the plane ticket helped me lock those dates in, just fully commit to a trip, and changed my life forever, whether that was turning down certain jobs just because they didn't fit in with my trip plans or meeting certain people that changed my life forever, took me in a different direction. And I wanted to share this voicemail specifically because, well, A, just to give Jesse a shout out and say congratulations. 
And also, some of the things he talked about tie in with the interview portion, because our interviewee, our guest today, he met the love of his life as well. And that wouldn't have happened if he didn't pursue his dream to go to California. And there is a lot, as I mentioned at the top, packed into this interview around breaking through some of those perceived limitations to set yourself up for a life built around travel, which is an ongoing thing. Our lives are always changing and we have to tweak. And I think a lot of this advice and just good faith on the path revealing itself after you get onto the path, whether that's a trip, then it would be the journey itself, or a new career or anything in life. It's just a great reminder that getting on that track opens up those hidden doors. And I'm so excited to bring you this interview today. Stick around on the back end. I have a few thoughts around giving yourself permission to be somebody you are not, which is something that comes up during this interview. Stick around if you want to hear that. I'll leave you with a quote as well. Enjoy the interview, and I will see you on the other side, my friend. I'm glad we're finally here. Are you drinking an espresso? I am, yes. Uh, like it's uh, <laughs> like every every morning. Uh, <laughs> I keep How Italian some, of you. Uh, I know, I know. I keep some <laughs> habits, you know. I, I, I moved to California, the California dream and everything, but I, I keep some, a certain... Uh, <laughs> sort of preferences. <laughs> well, I am on the line with Paolo Dubrovolni. Dubrovolni, yes. It's a yeah. Did I butcher it? Did I butcher uh, it? I I grew up with people butchering in my whole life, so there's not really a correct <laughs> way to say it. But I say Dubrovolni. It's it's Czech um, Dubrovolni. Yes. Yes. Tell me about the name. So it's, um, I'm Italian and my family is Italian, but we have this Czech last name that we carry on uh, through uh, generations and no one actually has been to Czech Republic and no one has any connection with any Czech relatives. So no one actually knows how to, how is it supposed to be <laughs> pronounced? <laughs> Sounds like a good excuse to travel to the Czech Republic. I mean, I know we have the internet and everything. You could probably just call somebody there, but that wouldn't be any fun, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I love that you're drinking an espresso. I should mention you're the founder of eggboards.com, which are these cool little skateboards. It's hard to describe them. You call them mini, it's a mini longboard cruiser, which sounds kind of... um What's the word I'm looking for when two words are... It's like jumbo shrimp. It's big, but it's small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get a, we get questions like that. Like, isn't a mini longboard just a regular size skateboard? And I was like, no, let me let me tell you. <laughs> well, tell us. Oh, well, so uh, the, to, to make it short, uh, longboards are defined pretty much by three things. One is size for sure, but then there's the trucks that they mount them and the wheels that they have. So large trucks to have more comfortable and smooth rides and big wheels so you can easily ride through cracks and debris on the road. And uh, what we did with the mini longboard was mount trucks and wheels that you normally find on longboards on a very compact board that is still wide enough to work well with them. Uh, and it has it ended up having an oval shape because it's the best shape to avoid the uh, wheel bites. So to avoid the um, uh, nasty things that happen if the wheels are too big for the board that they are on. That's what's a mini longboard. Like you have a smooth, comfortable ride of a longboard, but it's under 20 inches. So you it's easy to bring around and you can also travel with it because it's under 
22 inches under the size of a carry-on for an airline. Okay. The word I was looking for was oxymoron. That's when that's jumbo shrimp. It's like, you know, when something's two things together, you know, short, what do you would short longboard, for example, or I learned the new word in English. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool. So we started trading emails and I was like, you know what? I started learning a little bit about your story, which we're going to talk about. Also, we haven't really talked too much about how to make a physical product, how to actually make that your business, because that's a whole thing. Because you're into the whole remote work lifestyle. You love to travel. But before we get into the physical product thing and the lifestyle business and all that stuff, I got to hear about growing up in Italy, man. What's it like (laughs) growing up in Italy? Well, uh, so I grew up in, in, in Rome, Italy, born and raised. And I, I spent like, I'm 39 and I spent 30 years, uh, living there. Like, so my, and how is it? Uh, I like it. I, I didn't leave because I didn't like it. Um, like with everything, there's pros and cons, but like, you, you, especially in Rome, like you grow up like with, you know, lots of history around you that you don't even pay attention to anymore, like great food. Like I'm still a foodie. I cook pasta for me and my fiance pretty much every day for lunch. Uh, like uh, what I mean is like, I don't make the pasta from scratch every day, but like I make a sauce and I have, you know, it's like the quick, uh, the quick Italian lunch, but I wouldn't trade with the, with the sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I didn't change that habit. Uh-huh. Um, and you're drinking and, an espresso, as we said. So, and I'm drinking espresso. I have my little mocha pot every morning. Like I, I make the espresso with that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I was born and raised there. I grew up in Rome. I went to school. Um, all my old time friends are, you know, still based in Italy. Very few uh, took like a, a remote uh, life or change country or travel. So most of them are still living in Rome, and I meet all of them when I when I traveled back um, and uh, I went to university in, in Italy. I studied telecommunication engineering, uh, even if I never worked in the field uh, after I graduated and uh, I had my first job over there. So it was like a very linear path that would keep me close to my family, close to where I grew up. Again, I didn't live because I didn't like it, but I got very passionate or I don't know, I was always attracted by by California, let's say lifestyle. Like I started surfing while I was in Italy. Not so many people surf. It's not very easy to surf, especially if you don't live by the beach in in, in Italy. And uh, uh, so throughout time, once I got hit also by the entrepreneurial bug, then the two things came together, and I moved to initially to Silicon Valley, to uh, San Francisco uh, Bay Area. Um, but yeah, I still love Italy, so I still go back twice a year at least to visit my parents to see my friends uh, experience like the the italian uh, part of uh, of my life a little closer so how did the fascination with california start was it movies and stuff like that first or yeah yeah i would say i started with movies and reading books uh, i actually cannot trace back specifically to to one event but i always had this uh, i was always attracted by it i don't know why uh, i maybe the sun the beach you know the whole lifestyle so, yeah yeah this, exactly <laughs> yeah it's mostly the lifestyle maybe it started with with movies i don't know uh, but um yeah throughout time i was always like when there was a a chance to know more about it or to get closer to the to those kind of things i was always attracted by by that and also 
it, it's you know California is where I ended up being, but like again, I felt in in having that dream and living in Italy, I felt that constraint of like okay, I'm here because I need to be here. Like I, I built up my life around the fact that I need to be in Rome and go to the office, and you know the, my location is determined by these other things. But I would love to give a shot to my my desire to be in California and to see to so many other places and a week or two of vacations every year didn't feel like enough i would say to 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 satiate uh, that thing or to to feel that i would was actually experiencing uh, what was life uh, in a different place i would say uh, skateboarding i would always go skateboarding with friends my the main passion that was more california related was uh, surfing that i started having and again i started going uh, easier surfing around europe is uh, uh, i mean you live in norway right so uh, yeah, just like the atlantic ocean is like there's many beautiful spots so i've been to portugal i've been to spain i've been to france uh for weeks again surf camps and things like that uh but it took me like some time i think the first time that i took the leap and went to California by myself, just basically to have uh, any feeling about like, okay, what it is this thing that I've been thinking about for so long. It was, I was like 26 years old. Uh, so, so <laughs> I mean, it's also on the other side of the planet. It's pretty much the opposite side of the planet. So it was like, <laughs> it, it took a little bit of organization to do that. I loved it. It didn't disappoint then, right? You got it, there. It right? did not. It did not. I, just coming out of the airport and seeing the first palm tree, like, in, I mean, we have palm trees in Italy as well, but like the first California palm tree, I was like excited for no, no real <laughs> rational reason, but like extremely excited. <laughs> um, no, it didn't disappoint at all. I at the, at the same time, it wasn't enough at the first time to convince me to like, okay, I'm going to quit everything and move over there. Uh, because I, I love the, the relaxed, uh, let's say, I don't know how to describe it, but like the, the California relaxed, uh, vibe, the surf free vibe by the beach, but I'm also a person that likes to, to do things. I like to put my, my hearts in what I'm doing. Uh, and th that part, I didn't really experience it until I, I started reading and learning more about like entrepreneurship and the stories of Italians than went to Silicon Valley and things like that. And that actually clicked a lot. And so the possibility of being in California and creating cool stuff from scratch was like the spark that was like, okay, I, it's enough for me to, to actually take a sharp turn into like from my, from my, uh, from the life I was living up until then, I would say. You knew the destination and then you had to find your path to get there and something that also kind of crossed with your interests, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So was absolutely. that getting a job for somebody there and, or what did you? Uh, no, it was, uh, so the very, my, so I didn't know anybody. Uh, I, uh, that's also why I didn't do it before. Like I didn't have, Oh, I'm going to visit this distant friends. Like, no, there was no connection between my family in California. My parents are university professors, uh, and uh, so they travel sometimes for conferences, but nothing in California. And so when I went, like I, I landed in Silicon Valley and I started a, a tech uh, venture. Like I, I, I had a, a tech startup the first two three years. And at uh, that in, point, did you did you just have permission to stay for a tourist visa? It, it was so it worked. Uh, my visa uh, worked pretty well with the how uh let's say substantial 
the business I started became. So uh, the way it worked, I, I moved for three months on a tourist visa with an idea, let's say, a concept. During those three months, uh, we released something and it got some media coverage. Like I had enough proof. Can you of, talk like, about doing... what it is? Or... Oh, yeah, of course, of course. It, it was a parking app. It's a, it's a whole another story. Uh, but it's it was a parking app called Monkey Parking. And it was controversial because it was actually connecting you with someone who's about to leave from a parking spot on the street. And in order to motivate this person to pull up their phone and telling you, less I'm leaving, we ended up like having a, a, a $5 transaction. So like you, you, you pitch $5 and is, is anyone leaving any, is anyone leaving anytime soon? But someone objected that we were privatizing public parking space and that we, if, which I can see as an angle, like you're monetizing pub, public property, which was not the intention, but we needed that transaction. Otherwise, people didn't like it. But that was enough to make it controversial and end up like on on the news. Like there was a lot of coverage for like a couple of months. We ended up getting a cease and desist letter from the city of San Francisco after two months and a lot of attention from venture capital funds, like uh, that, 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 to make it really short. Uh, so that that kind of attention led from a tourist visa to a business visa, which allowed me to stay six months, but still not to work. Uh, so perceive a salary in the US. And then once we raised some funding, eventually we raised funding from Italian uh, venture capital uh, funds. Um, that is enough to get a, what they call an investor visa. So the company you own or you started uh, has a plan to spend an amount of money in the US and uh, that grants you a visa to be there and make it happen. This is interesting because it's, you know, none of this was planned in the beginning, right? It was just the, hey, I know what I want. Let me get there and just in real time, try to make it a reality, try to make life a life in California reality, which is really cool. We'll be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by US Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that 
than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Let's get back to the show. Let's rewind because you you did have to leave your job and give everything up in Italy. So I want to talk about that period because we fast forwarded a little bit, but... That's not a small decision, especially when you first went, you just only had a guarantee of being there for three months, right? It seems to have worked out now you've been there for years and everything. But at the time, how were you feeling? It was, uh, that's a good question. It's, um, it, it, it wasn't uh, an impulse decision. Like I immediately had that desire to get, to, to do it, to give it a shot. I started becoming obsessed about all the stories of like, Italian people who did it before me. I tried to connect with them from Italy, but as you said, like as you, like I had a my life in Italy was pretty, you know, not set, but like in 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 a, in a path. I had a career, like my job was good. You were established. I was established, exactly, exactly. And so, any I didn't have much in my hands to justify. Oh, I'm gonna quit everything and move, right? Like it. it normal people would not understand like not normal people but like you know it's hard to understand like oh what is it actually making you do this and uh so for a good year i molded over i talked with friends i talked with my family and uh, it was not an easy decision i would say before before doing it i eventually managed to arrange like having a leave of absence for uh, of a year from my job uh, but I was ready to quit if they didn't give it to me anyway. And that was enough uh, to go for three months and see, you know, what, what would happen. So I knew I had the timeline, right? Like I, had, I, like I had to come back after a year with something consistent enough to say, okay, I'm not going back to my to my job or not. But talking about that decision, it was really hard for me to take it. And before then I, I did it and... I don't know, a weekend, I was in San Francisco, I didn't know anybody, I was, but I was doing what I wanted to do, looking back, like, it was like, why didn't I do this before? Like, this is, this was the best decision of my life. I feel like so much, I don't know, closer to who I am, where I want to be, at least. So that's also why I ended up, like, finding your podcast and uh, listening to Zero to Travel, because I feel that the stories you tell inspire people to follow their own path. Uh, and take that decision, which for me was the best decision I've ever taken, and that's where I am right now. So that's why I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> wow, that's really sweet. Thanks. I I love what you just said about closer to who you want to be, right? Even if you're not that person right away, like at that point you didn't have permission to be there. You didn't have your company started up and the whole parking app thing or whatever. But you you went to a place where you were where you want it to be and then closer to, I think you said, to who I want to be also were the words that you used. 
which is powerful because you can put yourself into the circles, whether it's a, a like a physical destination or just the people you want to be around. I mean, for you, it was kind of twofold, right? It was the physical destination of California, but also the hotspot of entrepreneurship or the type of entrepreneurship that you wanted to pursue. So I'm a big fan of doing that. You know, if you're going to take the risk, you were very kind of intentional with where you put yourself and that it was aligned with, like you said, closer to who you wanted to be and what you were moving towards. That's pretty powerful. Absolutely. You, you, you said it right. <laughs> I suppose. Where's your fiance from? Uh, I met her in the Bay Area. She's from Walnut Creek near San Francisco. Okay. So yeah, the story is also that I met love of my life in this. Uh, it wasn't planned, of course, but like, you know, it just happened to, to, to fall into place, right? How did you meet her? She was, uh, I lived in an apartment, in a, yeah, in a apartment in San Francisco. We had an empty room, you know, in San Francisco, it's a lot of roommates situations since it's expensive to live over there. And one of my roommates posted on his social media that we had an empty room for friends to come and check it out and she came to check it out she ended up not taking the room but i made a point of following up until she she agreed to go on a date with me <laughs> sometime after <laughs> <laughs> well it's probably better that you weren't living together right away huh yeah she always says that and i yeah i kind of agree <laughs> <laughs> and when was that how long ago was that it was now uh, almost five years ago, like, uh, yeah, uh, wow. four, four, four and something years ago. Um, yeah. What do you like about living in the U.S.? I mean, there are a lot it's, of places in the world to live. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I'm uh, again, like I'm here and, and I, I love the fact that I'm, I live here. It's where I would like to be, but I don't have the constraint that I have to be here all the time. So uh, especially now we, we travel reopening. I love the fact that being remote with my girlfriend, we, I don't know, we decide we, we have fiance, I have to get used to the word, but <laughs> we, we go to Mexico two weeks to a month and we work. I don't know. I, I love the possibility of doing that. And we have, we have done it already a few times. Um, but to answer your question, I think the main thing that I found here was a different mindset, mostly hope that if you, if you do things right and if you work hard, you can succeed or good things can happen, which it's sad to say, but uh, that's the main missing part uh, that I feel when I'm in Italy. Like, unfortunately, for for the country we are, for the way culture has shaped over the years, I feel that there's not so many people that have that belief that, that if they and if they work hard, if they you know if things fall into place things can work it can it can apply to anything their own personal projects but at the same time even us as a country like can can we can we grow can we can we do things right can we can we be better people lost most not everybody of course but like a lot of people the people around me like i feel a lot of like okay we settled for what we have and we're going to complain about it for the rest of our lives uh and, and I'm so, I'm so, maybe, over an espresso you know, so, so and, and it, it's fine because many other parts of our life are, are great and italy is a great country and it's beautiful wonderful and, you know yeah so, so i'm not talking bad things about it at all but like 
that part, that mindset of like, no, that, there, there is hope. Like you, you, you can make it happen. Like, uh, and uh, we can make it happen. That's a missing part. And and I like the fact that here in California, especially like people are have a apparently relaxed, you know, lifestyle, but they still make very cool things happen. Like a lot of, you know, Silicon Valley invented so many things, but there's so much going on, so much creativity, so much bringing new things to life with an, a mindset that is like also kind of uh, enjoying life, like which is similar to uh, what we have in Italy as well. So it is possible. Um, so yeah. Right. Yeah, sort of that feeling of possibility in the air that people are open to. That's interesting. I'm wondering, you know, and I sometimes this happens intentionally or unintentionally, but I, I find that just coming from the States and living in Norway, there are certain parts or aspects of my culture or cultural background that I feel like, oh, well, it's good to have some of those things in this different culture because I can utilize those things. I know it's not to my advantage, but just kind of like, it's just something from the outside that's coming in. That's a part of me, you know, and it might not be necessarily a part of the culture here. Do you find that there are parts of the Italian culture that you carry with you with your life in California that kind of, you know, are good, the good pieces that you take that you can kind of use in your work some way or just in your life there? Uh, yeah. And what would yeah. they be? that's <laughs> a that's a good question it's uh so first of all yes i think that uh, i can relate to the fact that especially traveling or moving you know to a different country you kind of bring something that you were not even aware you had as part of your skills or background put it yeah right uh and then you find like oh other people don't think that way and this is actually an advantage uh so f for for as an Italian, I would say, well, first of all, there's a very, uh, it, it's a, it, it, everybody is, uh, everybody loves Italians. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, I don't know what we did, but like, it's good whenever I say, <laughs> so I'm Italian, I, I always make friends, you know? And, so uh, just the <laughs> accent and the, and yeah, just being Italian kind of endears you to people right away, huh? Yeah. So that's a, yeah. the, as a first thing, like in Italy, you're not special because you're Italian, everybody is, it's but you come here different. and right uh, yeah yeah so it's, uh, it's the first thing like the the um, also my you know the ability of like cooking pasta for friends who come over like I, I again i do it for lunch every day not to make a special lunch like it's my lunch like with my fiance i invite people over i cook something for them and it's like it's a great i don't know it's very appreciated and uh it, well it yeah because a, it's you're getting pa a pasta meal from a real italian it's a, right? it's a cultural it event so, yeah, that's so funny because when I I have some people over neighbors over the summer and we, I was just making burgers, I'm thinking I'm just making burgers, and they're like, I didn't even think about it, and they're like, oh, a, a cheeseburger from a real American on the grill, I'm like, <laughs> right? Oh gosh, now the pressure is on. <laughs> like, yeah, it's supposed like, to be the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted in your life. Oh my gosh. But it generally is because the you know the the expectation becomes like they have an an elevated experience in eating right. it. I feel at least like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, if you ever want to get a business deal done, just come bring people over, make them pasta. There you go. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. I I started build uh, business connections that became like also friends connection, like inviting friends over, inviting people that I met at conferences or things like that over and cooking pasta for them and have a chat after. So yeah. But one other thing, maybe on this line, you made me think about it, uh, is um, so I feel that as an Italian, um, you like, how do I describe this? It's 
you're more creative in finding solutions to uh, problems. Let, let me, no more creative. You're creative in a different way. And the reason is, yes, resourceful. Yes. And the reason I think is that, um, let's say in the US, I feel that you guys have it, the systems, let's say the, the processes of how this country works, like very well uh, laid out, like things work, like and people believe in the system and people know that the system is going to kind of work for them, right? While, well, Does I know, it though? I That's debatable, but... Okay, okay, okay. I, I, <laughs> but I, I know I, what you I, mean. Yeah, I, I'm going to yeah. come with, with, no, in, in everyday life though, like in, not, yes. a, yeah. not a higher level, but the everyday life, like you kind of feel like that you know that things are going to work through the day. While in Italy, especially in Rome, I would say Rome is very chaotic and our systems don't really uh, support the, that chaos. And so it's it's kind of left to the people to to, to, to find a solution for themselves. So example, like I'll, I'll put it on a, on a like very basic example, like traffic and enforcement of, I don't know, uh, parking, right? Like, so in the US, you pro- you're pretty sure that if you park like in the middle of the road, like your car is going to be towed like pretty soon to let the circulation go. And that's the ben- to benefit everybody else who's driving to go somewhere that doesn't want to get stuck behind your car that is parked in the middle of the road. In Rome, like this, it happened already, I think, twice, like tw- for the, the, I heard from friends that someone just left the car double parked in front of the central train station of Rome, blocking a bus that was blocking all the, tra- because streets are not that big. So you're completely blocking the whole street if the bus cannot go through. And people had to get out of their cars, lift the car that was double parked and move it on the side so that the bus could flow through and the traffic would, and this, I heard this story twice. Uh, uh, since it was here, and I does it doesn't surprise me very much. Like it, 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 the system would have eventually, of course, reacted, but you have to find your own solution. And so that resourcefulness, that, that approach is like, okay, whatever life throws at me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way around it. I, I don't rely necessarily on anything else. Uh, it, it's definitely helpful in business, uh, in studying yeah. something. Yeah, and I think. Uh if it's chaotic like you're describing and and you're used to sort of the unpredictable nature of a society where you're just not quite sure what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis and then everything works you kind of appreciate it you're not spoiled by it where, where then if something doesn't work you're like what what's going on here why isn't this working you're just like oh well this is uh, what i'm sort of used to <laughs> right <laughs> totally 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 <laughs> i don't know there are so many different angles and interesting things to talk about i think when you're when you come from another country and you live in a country that's not yours there's such a, a an interesting cultural exchange that happens externally like like you said with you know making pasta meals for people or just talking but also internally you're having your own internal cultural exchanges happening that might change your behavior or might make you just take things in in a different way because now you're a you're essentially a hybrid of these two cultures now because you've been in there in in the US for so long, right? I mean, do you feel like you've you're a bit of an amalgamation of two cultural backgrounds now in some ways? A little bit. Uh yeah, th- there's definitely a process going on in uh, uh you know, putting this two things co- together. Do you feel like an outsider living in another place or do you feel yeah, how do you feel? Right now, living in California and yeah. having my story behind me, 
I feel so. I would feel I was. I started feeling like an outsider, uh, knowing more about the fact that many people uh, travel to come to these places. Now I live in Los Angeles, in Venice Beach. Again, you you end up meeting people that came here from many different places, right? So I feel much less of an outsider. At the same time, not so many have this story behind, like, how did you end up here? Like, yeah, I, 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 my dad and my mom, like, they live, like, on the other side of this planet. And I, it's nine hours. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You can relate probably really far from where you started, right? So that, that, that you, that's in the back of your mind, I would say. And it will always be probably like it's a, there's always a, that, that uniqueness of, uh, of your story, uh, and how you end up in a place. And, uh, but I think that back to your point uh, of merging two cultures, like it gives you, I think the most important thing that I'm getting over time is perspective on, on things like even going back to Italy at the same time, like people that have maybe this dream of this, uh, high view of uh, the US for some uh, for some things uh, many of the things that I talked about uh, also but they never had, had the experience of uh, living there it becomes like a I don't know the you put it on a pedestal but you don't really know what is good and what is bad there's always a middle ground so there's amazing things here and amazing things in Italy and there are things that are not so amazing here and in Italy and and it's good to have that perspective and uh, and I guess the more you you drift in life and travel to different cultures and places, the more you you build this this backlog of perspective. And I guess it's it's very good to face to face new things. Uh, it makes you wiser somehow. <laughs> How does it feel when you go back home to Italy? It feels like the first week. I'm very excited to see everybody and find the habits that I had, and you know, go to eat in all the places that I love to <laughs> to eat and hang out with all the friends that I grew up with. Second week, I'm settled and calm, and the third week, I'm ready to go back. Let's say <laughs> that's usually the progress. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's always good. Like I. It's uh, it's it's good to go back in Italy to, I don't know to that as a vacation, but because I, I generally work remotely, so I work when I'm there too. But as a as a as a trip, and then come back here or like usually we we squeeze a stopover somewhere else before coming to California to you know exactly to have a, a, a mini a mini travel of a week or two before we actually go back to 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 life here in LA. So, I mean, the desire to work remotely came from a desire to just have the flexibility to travel, it sounds like, to be different places. And sometimes I don't think people associate physical product businesses with being location independent and traveling. Although any business can be automated to that extent, it, I think the association often comes in, in like with digital products, right? you know, with physical products, you got inventory and different things. And I think you're in a unique position to talk about this because you have your own physical product business. And also you have the tech background as well. And you have the values of being location dependent, freedom and travel. So I would love to just spend some time learning from you. If there's anybody out there listening, either considering or has thought about it. So I think we've all at some point had physical product ideas you know, it's just like, oh, it'd be cool to make this thing or whatever. 
I'm not an engineer, so it's really intimidating to think about, well, how would I, how would that all, how would you do that and, and make it a reality? And doesn't that cost a lot of money? And, you know, it's one thing to have this idea for a skateboard in your head, but that's another thing to build it, test it, find out it doesn't work, build it again, do another version, you know, hope nobody gets killed because you designed the skateboard the wrong way. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about skateboards, but you know, I'm sure you've learned some lessons from just creating the physical product itself that you can translate to all different types of physical product businesses. So through the location independent lens, through the sort of lifestyle business freedom lens, but having some type of physical product business, I'd love to hear some of your advice on just how somebody would get started, the steps you'd take to sort of avoid the mistakes that you you made, I'm sure, along the way, like we all do when we do something new and things like that. So the yeah. soapbox is yours, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. Um, so first of all, I, yes, I started engineering, telecommunication engineering, but that was not, like it didn't actually fall into the the equation for studying a physical product. I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. It was actually... I designed the skateboard for myself initially, and then people noticed it, and someone said more than one suggested I should start selling it, and I ended up in this, like learning a lot about building a physical product brand. The way it worked for me, um, it's so it's not as hard as you think, I would say, especially if you're not designing something completely from scratch, and especially if the custom parts of what you're designing, they not require molds like plastic would have would need molds and so you would have a setup cost of creating these molds and it makes it more expensive but if you work with wood in my case the custom part of my skateboard is the the deck the skateboard deck is in bamboo and wood and metal generally like or uh, fabric are not expensive to customize so the way it works like uh, overall or at least the way it worked for me um i found uh, uh suppliers on uh, uh, alibaba uh, so my supplier is overseas, and I always work with the same one. Yeah, people may have opinions about made in China, but this guy is amazing and he's super uh, passionate about skateboarding. It's actually funny. Uh, so anyway, like the, just to say, you find actual people and actual uh, good, good, good manufacturers over there. And and it, I I say Alibaba just because it's easy. It's a it's Amazon for manufacturers. So you just like you go there search what you're looking for and you find someone who makes skateboards and you send them a PDF of what's your idea of how to customize it. And again, I was an, an, an industrial engineering engineer. So my PDF was, yeah, the, the, a PowerPoint with like an oval shaped thing and the, the wheels and the trucks that I had, that had the same size of my longboard uh, uh, trucks and wheels. And they kind of work with you, at least the ones you want to work with, they, they take the time to, to suggest different options and so eventually you come up with a with a with a with a prototype that they would send to you and it doesn't cost that much like i think 100 150 dollars you get you get a ship from where, wherever you are so you can be remotely located anywhere in the world you work with a manufacturer you uh communicate with them and then yeah he will send you maybe one or two or three prototypes until you're satisfied with the final result but then you have your product it's custom no one no one has the same uh and that same manufacturer generally tells you what's the minimum quantity you have to order to make a batch of them for and how much that would cost and generally even that it's not that expensive you you can uh, you can contact many first of all until you have someone who's open to work with small quantities so my first order was 
100 units and uh, uh, it costed me overall shipping and everything included maybe a few thousand dollars, maybe like $3,000 or something like that. And so that's the first part, like to make the product. The second part is um, you don't need to have it right away, but like you need a, at some point, a warehouse or someone who will receive it and fulfill it. So you can, I mean, the US at the beginning, the first 100 skateboards were delivered to my room in San Francisco. So I had my room <laughs> stacked with boxes for a little bit. Um, but you can find uh, warehouses, um, again, uh, you can ask uh, in this, this Facebook groups and like, you know, around these kind of things and they give you connections or, uh, and you don't have to nail everything at first. Like the general, like you can start with one and then find a better deal or something more convenient. But like generally, yeah, that's another piece of the, of the equation, right? Like so you, now you have a fulfillment warehouse where the, the skateboards go to the warehouse and then anytime you get an order, they get forwarded that and then they send it out. Exactly, exactly and they charge you uh, per per thing you ship i guess they charge you yes per thing you ship and they charge you uh some storage fee that is as as long as you sell let's say um throughout it's not a consistent fee like if you end up not selling and having like hundreds of units stored over there like yet every month they're gonna probably increase because for them it's not a good deal just to have stuff sit, sitting in the warehouse uh but um i would say at the beginning especially if you if your product is not huge and uh if you manage to have a small quantity you put it in your garage and you can fulfill it yourself and, and again if you're in the us if you're not in the us yes you can work with uh different companies and uh, yeah. the, the it's not a big investment to, yeah to sort of get it out of your house so you can have the freedom to travel right we don't exactly send it out yeah. yourself so when somebody's googling for that what would they google for uh like fulfillment warehouse or something like that uh yes fulfillment uh, uh, a word that is used is 3pl um third-party logistics would be so uh so 3pl providers and um yeah and there's different ones more you know in different parts of the country too like as you grow maybe you want to have one on the west coast and one on the east coast but like generally i have one uh, two on the west coast that i'm using and um and so far it's working my in, in my particular case my main uh shopping cart let's say my main channel for selling is amazon uh so there is an additional piece of the equation that is the warehouse sends products regularly to the amazon warehouses so it's prime uh and it gets shipped really fast to the final customer that's what people you know like and they take care of it themselves like you gotta tell them how much to ship and when to sh uh, and where to ship it, uh, but again, from the Amazon seller uh, dashboard, you get alerts like, "Oh, refill this much uh, by this date," and and um, and so that that's also something that can be done remotely. An additional step that I took is I have a, a virtual assistant that helps me uh, throughout this journey. It's my only employee in this uh, in this uh, venture. She's great. She's been with me now a couple of years, and she she learned so many things. We learned so many things together. So uh, it uh, and she now checks that alert on Amazon. We need to refill this many units of this color of the skateboard. Communicates with the warehouse and sets up the refill on their own. So that became not only remote but also automated. Like I I I'm not paying my attention to logistics that much anymore. I only need to pay attention to reordering from the manufacturer when I see that the inventory levels are starting to run low and uh, and so on. Is this your main business or do you have other things going on as well? 
it is let's say half of, of my time is uh, and i the goal is definitely that becomes my only uh, business i'm through the journey and i'm enjoying the journey so it's it's great as it is but i, I have big uh, big visions uh, for this as a as a skateboarding lifestyle brand like not only the, the skateboards but we're making other products and so on between my tech startup and this I needed to find a way to support myself uh, uh, in in the in my life in the U.S. and so I started freelancing as a as a software developer. I wasn't a software developer before; like I didn't study coding much when I was in uh, university in Italy. But through my previous company, which was a, an app, basically, I learned how to make uh, iPhone apps. I'm probably not the best developer around, but I, it's been a few years now, so I can. I can definitely make it work. And so um, I eventually had some freelance contract and one of this startup, we kind of uh, were in the same space in which they didn't need a full-time person. I don't want to be working full-time as a software developer either because I I, I like the, 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 I don't know, I like starting uh, businesses rather than being a, one of the, 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 the technical team, but I know, not knowing much about the business, the customers, and those things. I like to see all the different places, uh, parts moving. And so um, we've been working together for a few years on an hourly base, and it's like 15 to 20 hours a week uh, for me. That leaves me enough time to focus on on egg boards and, and growing the brand. And I think I'm, I would say I'm halfway there uh, to have egg boards uh, uh, possibly you know, be my only my only thing. I also live in California, in Los Angeles, by the beach, so my, I'm not the most, uh, you know, inexpensive. Uh, uh, I don't have the most inexpensive lifestyle you can have. But at the same time, I'm not doing this to struggle until I'm happy at the end of it. I like the the journey and the lifestyle with it, so I, I'm trying to make it work both ways. Like I love every day, yeah. and I love what I'm going after. If it makes sense. Sure, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is an important point, right? You don't want to leave your happiness in some crazy end destination far away that you may or may not ever get to, you know, you have to be enjoying it. I think I'm um, for you. It sounds like part of that is just having a brand and a business around a lifestyle that you enjoy skateboarding, surf, skate and surf culture as a lifestyle brand stuff you want to be around, but also the way you've designed it, it so you can travel and have the freedom to go back to Italy for a few weeks or you know, you and your fiance can go wherever. Sounds like she can work remotely too. And you only have one person working with you as a virtual assistant. So there's not a lot of management and stuff. So I think it's pretty cool what you've set up for yourself and kind of make it work. You're right. California isn't the cheapest place in the world, but that's where you want to be, right? Yeah. 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 So the, yeah, the two things together, you can make them work. Yeah. Again. Uh, yeah. I have to have two jobs kind of thing, right? Like I do one thing and another thing and then they really overlap. But at the same time, um, I'm pretty excited about where we're going. And I would say also the brand itself, like, of course, people can start any type of business venture, right? Like people can be into many different things. This one specifically, Eggboards, I love it because like it started and it grew around a similar lifestyle as what i eventually embraced uh moving here like it's generally it was my my way to move around san francisco before it became a business and so after started selling it and meeting the people who buy it that's the most important the most rewarding thing for me like meeting the actual customers the actual people some of them became friends you learn like 
that you know there's this breed of people that they like longboarding and cruising to the point that they want to kind of integrate it into their everyday life and maybe use it for you know go to the local store or uh, to commute to work before they jump on the train they they took a little stretch on 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 the skateboard and then they use public transport for the rest of it and that's actually i realized like oh that's exactly why why i made it initially because i i was uh, tra- and traveling with this board and i i was moving around san francisco i didn't have a car uh, so it, and so that's why now the brand is kind of gearing up the, these people for that kind of lifestyle we're like we're working on a backpack and then telling us like what they would like on a skateboard backpack to be the perfect you know Thing to carry the board someone wanted a suitcase to travel with the skateboard like with a special slot for the board so eventually maybe we'll do that too but but anyway so i i, I love the fact that i love the business i love the starting things from scratch I'm, I'm i love entrepreneurship but i also love especially specifically the fact that this brand allows me to connect with like-minded people let's yeah. say it's a very yeah. cool community that is coming together i think that's a an important part of business not not for everybody but i think for me you it sounds like it's great to create something where you're around the people you like to be around and i always tell people i mean i just got back from a travel conference and it's just a fun business you know i always say well if you're really stuck and you don't know what you want to do first just pick an like a general industry you want to be in and by that you can say well who do i want to be around like what conferences would it be fun for me to go to you know and you're talking about skateboard or surf culture, you already like to be around those things. You know, I love to be around travel and people that are interested in travel and destinations and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, right there, if you just pick a thing that you're interested in, you're going to have, you're going to be able to enjoy the journey much more. I think for me, at least, you know, some, for some, it's just like, Hey, I'm great at this and I know I can make money and I'll do my fun stuff afterwards. But I like kind of, I like the idea of being around the stuff I enjoy every day as much as possible. So congratulations for everything you've been able to do there. We'll be right back. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks So they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, 
on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Can you give us one of your best pasta recipes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So... um... My one of my main pillars is one sauce called Amatriciana. Um, it's a town near Rome. It's not a. Uh, it's, it's a, you eat it a lot in Rome, where I'm from. But Amatrice is a town nearby, and it's only three ingredients. So the magic comes in the process of making it, kind of. But the ingredients are guanciale, which would be the cheek of the pork. But you can use, I, I, Italians would be angry at me, but sometimes I use bacon instead because it's just oh. easier to find, oh. easier to find than be cheaper. Careful what you say here. I know, I know, I know. I, I, have, I may have my Italian citizenship revoked uh, after, <laughs> after, after I said that. Mm-hmm. Guanciale, uh, tomato sauce and pecorino cheese. Like it's just three ingredients. You don't even use, you know, uh, onions or garlic or thing. It, it, it's how the recipe was initially invented, but you create the, you you cook the 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 pork first. It creates that little layer, let's say, uh, where you actually cook the tomato sauce. You let it go for a little bit. It doesn't need a lot of time. And then you have the, the pasta. You know, you know how to cook the pasta. You you so that you can mix it with the sauce and toss it together with the cheese before you actually serve it. Like I I, I don't support the uh, pasta dishes that it's just pasta on a dish and then with the spoon you just pour the sauce over it. Not, mm. not good. Like, no, 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 not, not allowed. Not, not allowed. Not allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> so yeah, Amatriciana pasta is, uh, is one of my favorite ones. I, isn't that one of the secrets, the big secrets of Italian cooking, is that it's always just more basic ingredients than people think it is? Yes, yes. It's the simplicity of the, the ingredients is a, is a big part of it. And, uh, and, and it's, I guess it speaks of the, I don't know the culture i guess also like i mean we have very good mediterranean it's like the food the 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 produce the the the, the ingredients are, are very good so uh, i guess that's why we developed a, a cuisine that is about a few good ing- ingredients um but at the same time it can be applied you don't need to have the best tomatoes in the world to make this sauce like again I, i'm using bacon and canned tomatoes and people are like I like it first of all, but like my guest and my, my fiance, like they love it. They like, ask me to do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, the, the, that's a you don't need a lot of ingredients to make a very good uh, uh, pasta dish. <laughs> do you think you'll ever go back there to live? Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's I so I like it for some reason so I'm, I'm not excluding it ideally in the dream life we probably would spend like i don't know six months a year in italy or i don't know a chunk of a year in italy and a chunk of the year in california because my fiance she's from california so she she doesn't have the california dream she she was born over here <laughs> and instead she loves italy she's been many times before she even met me so she would like to <laughs> i was curious about some- that yeah <laughs> you like to move there at some point and right. uh yeah so but at the same time i learned that the closer i am to the ocean the happier i am and the mediterranean is beautiful but not very ocean like there's not a lot of i don't know ocean surf uh, vibe uh, around it so i will have to find some some other solution uh, around it but you know in a remote life 
that's why I love the the fact that it's possible to be remote. It's not impossible to think about we're going to spend this much time in this country and this much time in this country, and we're going yeah we 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 keep you know moving around and we have you know uh, not fully digital nomads without a without a base, but like having multiple home bases. I think it would be my uh, my sweet spot. Congratulations on everything. When are you getting married, by the way? Next summer, July 2022. Where is that going to be? In Rome. In Rome. Okay. In Rome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and how did you yeah, propose? Yeah. Um, so I, I proposed here uh, and uh, it was before this summer. and uh, But I brought a ring that I found in a in a jewelry in Rome that is specialized in uh, ancient, uh, yeah, ancient jewelry. So uh, my girlfriend is, my fiance is a lot into uh, uh, art deco and like vintage uh, things. So I found this place and they had this very beautiful ring from 1910 from the nor- north of Italy, from Turin. And uh, the, the I don't know, I, I hoped that she would like it. And so I got it and it was last Christmas and I brought it with me. There was also COVID restrictions for traveling. So I had to spend some time in Mexico before I could actually uh, uh, travel directly back to the US, which I didn't mind because I went to a surf town and worked remotely and surfed for two weeks. But I had this ring with me this whole time. Is it Sayulita? Yeah, there was Sayulita. (laughs) Is it nice there? It is nice there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, I like it very much. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But you had the ring no, no, and you were no. probably nervous traveling around with it for that long, right? Absolutely. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was nervous traveling around with it. And then I came back here in California. It was like March. It still took me another couple of months to uh, decide how to shape it. Um, we also, I don't know, it's a funny story, but I proposed with two rings. I, I proposed with the ring that I brought from Italy as the main one. And I proposed also with a diamond toe ring uh, together with it and the reason is that my girlfriend always made a joke that if my visa for some reason was revoked or anything didn't work with my business she would have visa married me but at least she wanted the touring uh, for, for that <laughs> so that was never necessary but when i proposed i was with both <laughs> so oh, like, that's okay, nice covering awesome. all of it <laughs> well that's really cool congratulations i hope to meet you Thank guys you. in person somewhere in the world and uh we'll link up to everything we mentioned of course egg boards so you can check out the skateboards and yeah do you want to share anything else where people can find you or i guess the best is the uh, website uh eggboards.com um and uh it's you know on one end, if you're interested in uh, uh, cruising and uh, uh, longboarding and skateboarding lifestyle, um, you may find uh, uh, our things over there, our products. Uh, but at the same time, it's also like if you leave your email, I write an email every week that is about basically the journey of starting a skateboard brand. Like if the, I'm rarely selling anything in my emails. I'm mostly like saying, oh, this happened. And sometimes it's a good news. Sometimes it's a bad news. And I try to make it entertaining because I, the thing I enjoy the most is connecting with the people that, uh, you know, are interested in this kind of lifestyle and this journey. So if anyone is is interested, they they can go to eggboards.com, drop their email, and they're gonna hear from me for sure. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on, and I'm glad we finally got it on the books here. Appreciate your time, and let's stay in touch. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Jason. It was a, was a pleasure talking to you and an honor to be here as a guest on your podcast.
Thank you. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao, Jason. <laughs> <laughs>you have it thanks to paolo for stopping by the show much appreciated and i think it's so cool that he started a business around a lifestyle that he loves really and just took something that existed and tweaked it in his own unique way and now he has this whole business around this i loved getting his advice on creating a physical product i hope that was helpful for you as well as the other perspectives he shared and one of those things he talked about was Finding a way to put yourself in a place, whether it's a physical place or a mental place, to be closer to the person you want to be. I loved this. You know, giving yourself not just permission to be who you are now, but permission to put yourself in a place to be the person you want to be. If there is some other thing you want to be, if it's a personal desire, if you consider yourself not an adventurous person, but then you put yourself into an, an adventurous situation, you're almost forced to become that adventurous person. This is what happens when we push our comfort zone and then we get to an uncomfortable place and that, of course, expands our comfort zone and so on. And the next thing you know, we look back and we've kind of conquered these fears and become a different person in many ways because we went through all these uncomfortable things and we put ourselves in a place where we were closer to the person we wanted to be, even though it was uncomfortable at the time. I can think of so many examples in my life where this has happened. I think entrepreneurship is a great example. I wanted to have my own thing. I wanted to do something for myself, but I was never willing to put myself into that situation and, and into the, the things that have to happen around that situation, like failing and messing up and maybe wasting money and making a lot of mistakes <laughs> and all that stuff that comes with any new pursuit, whether it's a new job, entrepreneurship, going on a trip and overpacking, you know, when it's new, you're learning. And once I was willing to put myself into that place, it was just putting myself closer to, to the person I wanted to be. And just by doing that, I was essentially giving myself permission to be that. And that was very empowering. And I love how empowering that can be. So, if there is some version of greatness you want to step into, I just wanted to give you a, a little food for thought around that, and maybe that's a, a takeaway or a challenge as we come out of this show is, uh, for all of us, how can we put ourselves closer to something we would like to become, to something that we would like to have as a part of our lives? And I don't mean this in a way of, hey, we're not good enough. We are all good enough with who we are right now. What I mean is... If this is there's something you desire, for me, that was playing music was a big thing recently. Being in a band, scary, uncomfortable. I'm not a good musician, but by just getting into a band and going to the practices and playing and having a hard time following along and messing up a lot and doing all those things, I'm still putting myself closer to who I want to be, which is somebody who gets to be around music, who writes songs, who gets to be a musician, even though I don't necessarily feel like one, but I'm putting myself in the situation where I have the opportunity to be that. And it's turning me into one, I think, slowly, uh, very slowly. But uh, I had to put myself there. And, and that's not because I didn't think I was worth anything or I, I didn't think I was good enough. It was more just about, hey, this is something I want as a part of my life. So let me put myself closer to this thing and be around it more and find a way to surround myself with it. So it's just another example there. And 
that's all I wanted to share around that. So for what it's worth, you can take that as a, a takeaway, a little challenge to yourself, something to think on, something to ponder, all that good stuff. Now I'm going to leave you with a wonderful quote. I'm going to reach into the quote drawer here. Give me a good one here, quote drawer. Pema Chodron, she's always wonderful. She said, take an interest in your pain and your fear. Even for a moment, experience the feelings beyond labels, beyond being good or bad. Welcome them. Invite them. Do anything that helps melt the resistance. Woo! Love that. I'll leave you with that. Enjoy the rest of your day or night. Smile. Take a chance today. Maybe book a plane ticket. You heard you heard that today. One simple thing. Book that plane ticket if you want to head out somewhere and that feels right to you. Maybe now's the time. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Much love to you and yours. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks again. See you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.